this has been giving me a little bit of a taste of what retirement life would be like. We have what we need within us and we we don't need anything else. We don't need to buy anything. We, we have the time, we have the breath, we have the brain that can choose. What else do we need? It stinks not to be able to, you know, have them over and like do the close family things that we did, but also they live in my neighborhood. So we can, we can ride our bikes up and stand at the end of the driveway and talk to them. And um, my mom has to, you know, translate for my grandmother because she can't hear what we're saying from eight feet away. But... <laughs> Hi, this is you and me and everyone we know, an audio diary made by everyday people living through the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm Brent Love, and whether you're listening to this right now or you're a guest on this podcast, you are part of a community. You are not alone. Thank you for taking time to listen, time to connect, and time to remember that we're all in this together. In this episode, we're talking to Sushmi, Jim, and Tamara. Sushmi is a mom and a yoga teacher in Minnesota. Jim owns a remodeling company and lives on the Mississippi River, and Tamara works in publishing and lives with her wife and kids in Florida. In the first part of this episode, we're talking to Sushmi. Sushmi and I are part of the same writing group, a cohort of students who signed up for a year-long writing project at the Loft Literary Center in January. We were in the middle of a course of in-person classes when the stay-at-home order hit in Minnesota. And since then, we've seen each other every week, but online. As part of the same cohort, we've each been writing a book with the goal of finishing that book this year, and we've read sections of each other's work along the way. Sushmi's book is about health and wellness, and in our last in-person class session, I asked if she could help us all calm down by leading us in a breathing exercise, something that she'd talked about before. And for this podcast, when we talked on April 27th, I asked again, And Sushmi was kind enough to lead another breathing exercise for me and for everyone listening. Hi, Sushmi. Hi, Brent. How are you? I am so happy to be talking to you. I'm excited, too. I'm excited, too. And the day is lovely, and this is just perfect. Yeah, I mean, this is a special day. We were just talking before we started recording about... Um, how wonderful it is to have this nice weather and how it kind of makes even the worst things that are going on a little bit better when you're Minnesotan. True, true. I think it's the sunshine and the green color and those birds that are visiting us. And And knowing that the Minnesota winter is behind us now. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah, I was just talking to a co-worker uh, earlier in the day, and we were talking that how 78 degrees is also hot, hot all of a sudden. I know. I was sitting outside and I was <laughs> laughing, uh, laughing with my husband. I, You know, we, we complain about it being cold and then it gets, I mean, it was like 65 degrees this weekend. And I was like, I think I'm sweating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're definitely doing the Minnesota thing. You know, we can't get past any conversation without paying our dues to the weather. So we That's just right. did that ritual. <laughs> That's right. That's totally right. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's let's get into the COVID stuff. How is life um, in during the pandemic for you? Uh, definitely, it's changed. Uh, mm. Changed as in, you know, now we're all staying at home. Uh, of course, all for the right reasons. 
uh, not not going out and following yeah. the rules. But um, yeah, changed at many levels. Like um, now I have kids at home, um, not that they're toddlers and I have to watch them, but still uh, now there is more than one of us um, on the network streaming. Uh, so they're <laughs> yeah. streaming for their classes. I am trying to hop on the speed to be working from home online. And I, you know, I just know you as a writer. I, I don't actually know what you do for work. Oh, um, I work in information systems. Uh, so okay. I am a IT consultant. Okay. Um, it's so funny. Uh, it's, we all want to become writers in our, in our cohort uh, at the loft. Right. And, it, and it's funny because I don't really know much about everyone about like what they do, what they might identify as because in, in our cohort, I think of everyone as just a writer. We're all just writers. That's right, all I know. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. And I um, think that, that that's a good, valuable connection uh, we share. That's, that's yeah. so precious. It really is. Um, you, you have two adult kids, right? Yes. They're, um, they're both, uh, one of them is in college already. Mm -hmm. Um, finishing up the second year and this this younger child is um, going to be a freshman in college so um, actually speaking of kids you know the first one is kind of very respectful of all the COVID-19 because Mm. uh, he studies away from home and so he um, you know he saw the may I say the fear and the anxiety that that was there in the onset, um, you know, that, that came with COVID-19 in the beginning. And so he, he was in California. The, yes. And so he, mm-hmm. he's very respectful of what is being asked of us in terms of distancing and, and, you know, so he understands that completely. And so does my daughter, but, um, she is, uh, finishing up senior in high school, freshman in college. So she is, uh, um, a lot has changed for a senior anywhere, senior in high school, yeah. senior in college. And when I say a lot has changed, uh, one of the effects of COVID is that uh, my high schooler is not, didn't have prom, isn't going to have graduation ceremony. Um, wow. And we are also looking at perhaps maybe not doing the graduation open house type event. Yeah. So, I mean, this is an important part of uh, their life's milestone and memory because, you know, if you're a four-year college student or a four-year high school student, as you know, the first three and a half or so, three and a quarter years are all about getting to that last bit. And then in this case, when they did get there um, at the time of the celebration, there's some dent into it. Yeah, so I, I mean, in I, the in the grander scheme, of course, this it doesn't mean a whole lot. But from their perspective, this is a memory that'll be a little bit etched for a while. Yeah, that's really tough. I remember being a senior in high school, and and uh, all of that spring and summer, I was just trying to be with my friends as much as I could. Uh, always leaving the house, always right. going out, you know. And I can't imagine right. being stuck at home and being asked to not go see my friends, especially knowing that I might not, you know, that I'll, I might be going off right. to college in another place and I right. won't see them again. Right. It's really exactly. tough. Exactly. So yeah, it's been, it is tough. It's uh, so it, it's a little, 
sentimental for her. And so there have been more tears on her account um, for exactly the reasons you said, you know, whenever that thought comes in that, oh, I may not be able to see these friends, then it becomes an emotional moment. Yeah. And and without a chance to really say goodbye to them. Right, right. Or the teachers for that matter, uh, because the friends sometimes you can still see because they'll all come back visit their parents or whatever if you go away but it's a different thing to go say goodbye to a teacher when now you're you know a visitor versus a goodbye when you're finishing your last day of school i mean i remember my last day at school and i if i um got in the groove of my uh visualization i could still have a tear or two you know so many years later yeah Wow. I, I feel like as a parent, that must be heartbreaking to see her go through it. Yeah, th- that her part is a little bit hard because she, while well, she understands everything from her mind, so she's not at all complaining. Um, I mean, she these are all kids, I mean, I think are, yeah. are understanding and they, they understand what's being asked of them. But emotionally, it is, um, it's hard for any high schooler that is a senior, or for that matter, think about the college graduates that are seniors, you know, they won't get a ceremony and they slogged four years of college. And, and I wonder what will happen to them, you know, um, as they embark on their journey for entering the professional world for work, you know? Yeah. My uh, sister is a senior at the U and, uh, Ah. so you can relate to the sentiment. Yeah. I can relate to that. I almost, uh, but I feel like for my sister, she's, you know, she's moved on and she's ready for the workforce. And I think it's her personality, you know, that she's, she's uh, a forward momentum kind of person. But I think knowing the end of high school is also like the, the moment you're meant to leave home and say goodbye to home, right? Uh, the home, you right. know, and um, for a lot of people, not everyone, but for a lot of people. And I, and I think, um, I do. I don't envy. I don't envy her. So, can I ask? Right. You know, what do you? How are you helping your daughter and your son stay calm now and and try to take care of themselves? Because one of the things that I know about you and that we I've been privileged to read a lot of your writing as you're putting together a book, and um, a lot of it has to do with taking care of yourself and particularly for young adults like your kids, um, how to take care of yourself. So what are you, what are you counseling them to do right now? Or what's, what's your advice for them? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, of course, you know that uh, it's, uh, it's hardest for your own child to take the counsel. So, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're not going to get into those kind of details. I oh, think I'll yeah. stick to the, I think I'll stick to the question objectively and and answer it (laughs) and answer it from the point of view that what advice can there be for any child without making it specific to my child. So, um, yes, you're right. Um, I am uh, working on the book uh, and the book is primarily about how to uh, take care of yourself. and offering the tools of uh, yoga and meditation and breathing as one of the ways to take care of yourself. And as you may know um, from your own 
uh, reading outside of class or, or research that uh, yoga has been um, heavily researched and uh, claims are there to um, help with situations of stress and anxiety. So uh, one good practice that I uh, like to share is um, remind people, uh, and this is not just for young adults, uh, I teach a yoga class and I'm, I'm doing it right now too online. And so the students that attend the class, um, I try to emphasize, and, and then of course, in turn, as a reminder, practice myself, is that it's important to slow down and it's important to um, just take a moment and few moments to uh, observe ourselves, just not be so fast paced and it's the it's the pressure of time that causes stress mm -hmm. and so you know slowing down allows us to breathe and um simply put when we breathe the, i mean if we go to the doctor's office and they have to measure our lungs see how our breathing is what do they say they say can you please deep breathe mm -hmm. so and why do they say that? Because they want us to relax and get it off our mind that we are in a doctor's mm -hmm. observing room, right? So that's the same principle. You know, it comes from same origins that if we want to relax, we need to breathe, fill our lungs with, with breath. So that's one so what is that, key piece. Uh, yeah, what does that look like? Um, you know, if someone's listening right now and they think, okay, I need to slow down. Like, what do you actually do? Because in my, in my mind, when I'm feeling stress, my, I will say my go-to reaction is to go faster, to try to fit more mm -hmm. into the time. So, mm -hmm, you know, that mm -hmm. for me looks like, okay, I'm, I've got the, uh, I'm washing the dishes, but I'm also listening uh, to a podcast, but I'm also got my kid over here. And so I've got, um, my, you know, my 10 month old, I'm boiling some carrots and then I'm uh, half of my mind is over here occupied making a sandwich. I'm going to do it all in half an hour, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so like, that's what, when I, my, that's honestly my go-to kind of stress response is to try to do more. So what does yeah, it look like um, to try to slow down? Very good question. And you know what? Um, uh, you asking me the question tells me that I should even include this in the book. Um, I think I have in parts, but uh, maybe not so succinctly as you're asking here. So uh, a couple of things that I do, uh, at least that work for me um, over the years, I've started training or practicing this with myself, is uh, one of the ways that I like to slow down is, first of all, uh, tell myself that, hey, wait a minute, I'm in charge. So what mm -hmm. I mean is I don't let the external stimulus drive me. So, you know, if there's a, I'm running behind, I'm late, or uh, somebody expected something of me and I it didn't come out that way or whatever the cause of the stress might be, um, I take a deep breath and I remind myself that, you know, I'm in charge here. And so the the power or the the position of moving forward is within me. So I, I mm. take charge and responsibility and accountability of that. And the minute I do that, um, you know, I, I get grounded and I and I look at things in um, not a robotic mode, but more observatory mode. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, power of observation uh, does require you to 
slow down. So for example, to give an analogy, you know, when we're driving fast, we hardly notice the trees and the birds and so on. But then Mm -hmm. when we're driving slower, uh, we'll notice the kids playing on the street and and the beautiful fall colors or spring colors or whatever, right? You know what's so funny about that? is as you were as you were um saying you know i'm in charge this kind of like mantra of like i'm in charge you know uh, the 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 you know me i am always thinking in images the image that i thought of was like having your foot on the gas pedal and it's like i am yeah. the person yeah. who can put more gas or less gas and then you were saying <laughs> you brought up this uh metaphor of uh driving of driving and i'm like oh perfect so that's like <laughs> literally what i was thinking about like i'm the one who can go faster or slower no matter what the right. what's going on around me right before i before i um started practicing you know the these advices on myself i always somehow you know i never um, registered that I'm the one, exactly like you said, you know, I'm the one who can choose uh, how much gas to mm-hmm. uh, put, you know, it's, it's an, I'm in charge. So that's mm-hmm. one thing that has come in handy for me. And then uh, maybe another one to add for uh, slowing down is uh, once I have um, kind of taken a moment or a breath to, to tell myself that, hey, yeah, it's, it's in my jurisdiction to, you know, choose how mm-hmm. to proceed. Then uh, another uh, thing that comes in handy for me is asking why, like, why am I doing this? Um, And that um, allows the mind to slow down. And it also allows me to see the whole picture um, and gives me a moment to, to, um, you know, figure out, is this what I really need to do? Uh, and, And then come up with the plan that, yeah. I, I I am I endorse or I you know um, become part of it that yeah I would like to proceed and the minute I uh, give my buy-in that this is what uh, it's in my choosing and then I and I would like to proceed then that self-created stress is gone uh, or reduced to much lower degree mm-hmm. because I'm fully connected that um, Nobody's forcing me to do it. It's my decision to do it and that uh, it's my plan to do it. So I'm in charge. And you know, and you know why you're doing it, which is so motivating. Yeah. Which also like allows you to make a better decision about how, how much, how fast or slow you're going to move forward to. I am also thinking about um, breathing. Uh, I think, reading your work and being in this cohort of writers with you, I don't think I've thought about breathing nearly as much as I have in the time that we've spent together, which is wonderful. Um, And I'm remembering one activity. Okay. So it was the last time that we met in person, um, our writers group. And I, I think, I think it might've been me who asked you like, if you could tell us a breathing exercise and it actually had a big impact on me. The few um, little, uh, the little exercise that you gave to us. Do you remember that that exercise? um, Was it um, the deep inhalation? Yes. So usually a good exercise is, um, and I do this uh, uh, often uh, is I'll place a hand uh, you know, below the navel and and one hand on the chest. And the hands, by the way, in breathing, 
in this exercise are just props. You know, they're just like a pillow or a block might be a prop. And so they're physical mm-hmm. reminders um, for me to make sure that I can measure my depth uh, of the breath, right? Because breath mm-hmm. is, uh, we're all the time breathing. That's how we are defined to be alive. The minute we don't breathe, we are not alive. Mm-hmm. So um, the question isn't, are we breathing or not? The question is that uh, we have the power to regulate the depth of the breath. And so when we breathe deep, then we are in that relaxed state. Going back to my example of being in the doctor's office where the doctor says, mm-hmm. hey, um, go ahead, relax and breathe deep. So coming back to the exercise, if you place a hand um, on our, below the navel and then one hand uh, on our chest and then just observe how the breath is right now. And you'll notice that the hand that's below the navel is slightly moving and the hand that's on the chest uh, shouldn't move. If it is, then that's a whole another 20 minute separate conversation. But for now, for for sake of simplicity, uh, let's say that our hand on the navel or below the navel is the one that's moving. And so now if we're sitting, so first prerequisite is that we can't be sitting slouched. We have to have our head, neck, and trunk in a straight line so that our spine is straight. And then when our head, neck, and trunk are are, uh, in a straight line, uh, now see how the hand on the um, below the navel feels. All of a sudden, you may feel that the minute you straightened your posture, that um, your depth is a little bit more. And now let's do another variation. So we're already sitting straight. uh, And now consciously, let's try to uh, increase the depth, which means as if we're ballooning the the hand below the navel to expand so that we can fill more air into our uh, lungs. And if we did this uh, repeatedly for X number of times that we choose, uh, we, our mind slowly becomes relaxed and more relaxed. And the re- there's a scientific reason for it. And the reason is, is that uh, with the depth of the breath or the deeper breath, um, the volume of oxygen in the body increases, right? And so when the volume increases, then all our body parts, every all body parts need oxygen. So then it's able to get everywhere and with that, it's even able to get to the head, which is where the sense of stress and relaxation is. Uh, and so when when the oxygen is able to travel up uh, high in the head too, then we get this sense of relaxation. So if we did this for 10 minutes together or five minutes together, uh, it becomes so soothing, uh, like, a, like a gentle swing, you know, um, in its own groove and and a gentle motion okay so i'm doing it right now like the entire time you're talking i was like okay i was following along i was putting my hand on my chest hand below the navel i'm so relaxed right now (laughs) and you can experiment that um the minute you remove the hand and and talking by the way affects it so Mm. you were sitting straight and not talking that's more relaxed than you sitting straight and talking and doing it. Um, so that'll make a difference. But these are a few things we can do. Uh, breathing helps a lot. And It's so incredible. I've experienced this both times that you've led me in this exercise. 
And it's really beautiful to feel more relaxed and to know that I have the power to help myself feel better. Exactly. Isn't that, I mean, that's, that's what we want. That's what uh, we've been uh, as a generation have been trying to make our mark that, you know, we are in charge, we are in control with all the various movements that have socially gone around Mm. the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this movement of daily practicing that I'm in charge is, um, is truly so personal. Like, for example, what I mean to say is, um, I can't breathe for you or your um, Mm -hmm. husband, as you mentioned, or your mom, or, you know, the people that you've mentioned, they can't breathe for you. It's truly personal um, versus some of the other um, activities or products that may be out there that may claim that, hey, if you do this, then we're customizing it for you. But even in that, it's somebody else doing it. Here you are totally in charge and isn't that what we want to be in charge you know have the choice to do what i want to do i like um to think of that in this time and to know that each one of us has what we need to make this moment better than the moment before totally that that's exactly that's the best summary we are we have what we need within us Mm -hmm. and we we don't need anything else. We don't need to buy anything. We, we have the time. We have the breath. We have the brain that can choose. What else do we need? Yeah. I think that is a beautiful place to wrap up. I feel like we could talk for a much longer time. But you have a whole <laughs> book that uh, will be, you know, encapsulating all these things. So I'm looking forward to reading more of it. And uh, I'm so grateful to talk to you today. Thank you, Brent. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. In the second part of this episode, we're talking to Jim. Jim started building and remodeling homes in 1976. He built a business that now has helped so many families make their home dreams come true. When we talked on April 28th, Jim was surprised by how much he was enjoying quarantine, mostly because it was giving him a taste of what life could be like when he retires. Hi, Jim. Hello, Brent. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, Thank you so much for doing this podcast. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, So I've been asking everyone, uh, you know, kind of the same thing right now, which is, uh, how is your life right now during COVID-19? Well, I think I have a unique perspective that many don't have. Um, as you had mentioned, I might be the only uh, one of your interviewees thus far that is over 60. And um, and so, and I'm on the on this transition phase in my life where I'm going to be retiring in the not too distant future. So this has been giving me a little bit of a taste of what retirement life would be like. Hmm. I've been working from my home two to three days a week and spending all my time here for seven days a week. And I love it. Oh, Uh, good. (laughs) I love it. I love my work, first of all, and I can do it from home easily. I'm set up to do it. 
there's a few odds and ends that I wish I could do, but they aren't the end of the world. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm, one of the big things is I've been worried about how I would handle retirement and, and not having a purpose in life, so to speak. Hmm. When you spend the last 50 years working uh, to not have work, and, and with so many of us, work is part of our, our connection with our self-worth. Yeah. So what do we do when we run out of that? Yeah. Um, and I'm finding that um, it's, uh, it's, it's nice. It's okay. What are the things that you like about it? I think um, the pace of it uh, is is good. I, I'm I'm a little more of an introvert, mm-hmm. so being um, at my home and on my property um, is very soothing, calming. I live on acreage on the Mississippi River bluffs, oh, and wow. it's wooded, and um, and it's very much in the middle of nature. And it's and it's gorgeous, and so I I spend a lot of time outdoors, and I spend a lot of time in my wood shop. Um, one of my hobbies and and a little bit of a vocation is also making furniture. Mm-hmm. Um, so it gives me a little bit more time to do that. And springtime is always a in uh, a return from winter to spring to summer. There's more to do outside. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's a lot on my plate right now, uh, and I love it. I um I I love hearing that, and it's it's kind of crazy the unexpected blessings that come along with what is a really terrible thing for I mean you know for the globe, but we're also it's I think it's useful to look around and say you know what are what are things that are happening right now that are, that are actually good for people and. Um, it is kind of crazy to think here you have a little taste of life and a non-committal taste. You know, it's it's like a non-committal thing because really you're you know you're forced not to work. You could go back to work at the same speed, you know, as soon as and maybe you will. I don't actually know what your immediate plan is, but um, how nice to have this taste of life um that you can look forward to whenever you retire. We've also had the opportunity to have our daughters near us. Mm. And although there were times now during this phase where they would be self-quarantined for two weeks because they might have been exposed to somebody or, or something else. And so we wouldn't see them, but we would spend quite a bit of time on FaceTime and, and then yeah. uh, now we're gathering outside, not so much inside, of course, but outside. Uh, and because there's, we have the land and uh, the ability to do that, uh, we can spread out nicely and yeah. spend a lot of time with each other. But we still don't do that unless we respect that two-week rule yeah. of no, no potential exposure, I should say. Yeah. Um, you, you know, being over 60 comes with, you know, at least what we've learned. I I'm, I'm a medical lay person. So as a lay person, I've learned that people over 60 have a risk, uh, from COVID that, uh, a lot of people, um, might not have, although that seems to be changing all the time, but it, I, I'm, I'm glad, uh, 
you're feeling like you can see people in a safe way. I do. Um, but I rely on those people to have taken the precautions yeah. uh, to isolate uh, and to also respect that uh, we aren't going to shake hands and we aren't going to hug and, yeah. and those sorts of things. Yeah, it's really tough. Um, it's also, I feel, I feel that anyone who has any kind of introverted streak is uh, enjoying the fact, not just that we're alone, but that there's no pressure to be extrovert. You know, there's no pressure to get together <laughs> right now. Well, I, I agree with you on that. Um, I, one of my daughters is, uh, in fact, two of my daughters are extroverts, mm -hmm. and they, they get their energy from doing things yeah. and looking forward to things and planning new things while they're still in the middle of things. <laughs> and, and they get that energy from being around people. Yeah. I love being around people, but then I need time away from people to recharge. Yeah. That's really yeah. interesting. The Minnesota summer that's happening. Cause if you live in Minnesota and the winters are as hard as they are here, when spring comes and then summer's here, it almost feels like a frenzy of activity. There's so much activity. And especially if you live around the cities um, or you're just in an active community, it's like every weekend there's a thing to do, a, a festival, a, a party, a birthday, something happening outside and the pressure to be outside. And it's almost whips you up into it, like this um, frenzy to be and do and do. And it's interesting to look forward to this season that's coming up where there isn't going to be a lot to do except just be outside. Enjoy the trees, I guess. Yes. No, I think you're right. Um, because we're in this outdoor setting, we have much more going on in the summer. We might do fundraisers, for instance, mm -hmm. here. We might do, uh, we might try to catch up with our neighbors and we say to ourselves all winter, well, we have to have so-and-so over this summer. Yeah. We happen to have a, a pizza oven on the bluff. And so we, that's where we get, have a lot of our gatherings yeah. and, and make pizza and, and have a glass of wine and, and enjoy looking at the river. And um, this, this spring we've had right across the river bald eagles nesting. Oh wow! We can go down and see these um, these interactions with these bald eagles, and when a crow flies over, how upset they get, and all sorts of fun things. And you're right, though. Now we have to start thinking. Um, well, who should we have over, and when? And don't forget, we have to have ask mm -hmm. Aunt B or whoever it be. Yeah, and that calendar starts to fill up very quickly, starting in May. And if you haven't booked yeah. your, I don't know. Uh, your cabin vacation or your, you know, um, boat to go out on the St. Croix or whatever. Uh, it's already too late, you know. Um, now it's like, oh, actually, there's nothing to do this summer. We're just gonna <laughs> you know, just hang out in your yard. That's the plan. You don't, don't, don't plan to see anyone. Actually, <laughs> well, you'll you'll enjoy that. Um, yeah, the piece where you get to be outside and just enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder what that's like for many people my age and older um, that are cut off from their loved ones mm. um, and how difficult that would be. And 
and there aren't there's a lot of people that don't have aren't as fortunate that their children probably can't self-isolate yeah and so they can't come and see mom and dad because mom and dad are too old and and when you're at, at a certain age having an underlying condition is simply something you have yeah um if you take anybody over 70 i doubt you're going to run into too many yeah that that doesn't have something breaking down inside of it and i i think um i think a lot about people who are older and don't have space one of the themes of this podcast is starting to be the luxury of space Mm-hmm. and how wonderful it is to even have a yard right now, you know? And I think of a lot of people who are over 70 living in a, a building where they might have an apartment and their outside space is maybe just a balcony, you know, where they don't have even the space to sit out, to stand, you know, 12 feet away from their loved one um, in the space where they live. And that's, that's a, a hard reality. Yes, in, in apartment living, yeah, um, any of that, uh, it's a shame. Yeah, um, I, I am grateful for technology, and um, for those of us, another one, another great privilege. If you have access to internet, um, and as much as you want to use it, you know that's a that's a great thing to have. Um, the other thing that I think is happening a lot is people thinking about how they use their space, which is one of your great, uh, um, one of your great skills and arts that you work in, which is how people use their space. And um, I'm kind of wondering if you have been kind of following along or have uh, talked to people about their home projects, because I feel like everyone who has a home is thinking about home projects right now because they're stuck there. (laughs) Well, we sure hope so. (laughs) <laughs> we hope i i would think so um we're still seeing um calls coming in people contacting us uh and i i think there's kind of an impetus that's happening because we're we're just bugged that our kitchen is separated for from our living room where the kids are playing and we're spending so much time in and around that kitchen now that we want it just a little more open or have a little more space or all those dreams that we have um we don't really want to put off anymore because i there's going to be a certain amount of over the next couple of years you're going to be spending more and more time the average person in those spaces this isn't going to go away overnight and yeah. uh, so how do we improve the quality of living that we have in our own in our own environments yeah. and maybe it's an office environment and but maybe it's home we all have that in common yeah i um you know we've talked about my kitchen quite a lot and uh right now you know we are we're not doing a home project at this moment, but I, I, I feel like taking a sledgehammer to my kitchen wall, like pretty much every day. <laughs> I want it to come down so badly. I want it to come down so badly. I, I imagine people just, all the things that have frustrated them about 
their home are are becoming very real to them you know in, in terms of how how they walk around and also i think that all of the things they love about their home are also things that they're cherishing right now whether it's a balcony that they like hanging out on or their outdoor space or um the one room where they can get away from the kids you know <laughs> whatever it is they're cherishing those things too I have a young friend in Chicago right now that is finishing her daughter's uh, bedroom mm. and and repainting it and putting in new baseboards and crown moldings and furniture is coming. Wow. Um, and she simply uh, calls ahead to Home Depot and they have a pickup system where you can drive up mm -hmm. and they'll load your car for you. And, and she's doing that, my guess is that if it wasn't for this, it would be very difficult to find the time to do that. Yeah. Because, um, because I think uh, of social demands. Yeah. Friends and family, and now you just don't have that time. You aren't obviously eating out uh, and using your time that way. So. Yeah. I, I think a lot of, uh, of people who are, who are able to do their home projects. Um, I, it is very difficult for me to do them right now because, you know, we have those two little kids. <laughs> so I don't have any of that, um, that extra, extra time to do it. But I, I'm wondering if you have any advice for people as they walk around their homes and they're thinking about what they might change about the place where they live, if they can build or paint. Like, do you have any advice for people about, you know, how to start thinking about what the, what you want to change in your house? Well, for many of us, because I'm living it now and I'm having the opportunity to do take the time to do this, it's declutter. Mm. Um, all the clutter, I think, can be um, maybe aggravating is too strong of a word, but it could be a bit of an irritant. And cleaning decluttering and paint a fresh hmm. coat of paint is a wonderful thing uh, you spend so much time indoors now that having some nice new lighter brighter environments to be in as summer comes and yeah. we're just a year-round thing uh that, that would be great um so i think it Looking at painting, looking at freshening up things, um, maybe it's some new throw pillows, maybe it's uh, some new artwork, you know, something you can do to just give yourself an, a new look in your room, in that special room that you have. In a, in a bedroom, think about that. Uh, we may need a retreat um, yeah. that we haven't been using because you love your children and you, you love your spouse, but man, how do you do that? Um, so creating a little space for a retreat and sprucing it up a bit. I love that. I would love a retreat. I would love, I don't know what's in my retreat. It's like, like, uh, I, I, I read, I was reading somewhere like in terms of psycho things you could do for yourself psychologically to get through this time. And one of them was having like a first aid kit for your, emotions <laughs> mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like a box full of things that make you feel really good whether it's like a hand cream or some essential oils or a memento from someone you love or or things like that 
And I'm like, well, maybe it should just be a whole room of that. Why stop at a box? <laughs> well, I think um, to quote um, uh, Kate Peters, Kate Aarons from Wit and Delight, uh, self-care. Mm. Um, when I followed, follow her on Instagram, uh, she has said a number of things over the last few years that made a lot of sense to me. And taking care of yourself is one of those things. Uh, using hand sanitizers are horrible mm-hmm. on your hands. Yeah, I mean, my hands are dried little prunes. <laughs> that, um, so why not have a nice lotion that you can yeah. put on? And, and just taking better care of yourself, taking time, slowing down. This is a great opportunity to do all of those things. Yeah. Slow down and smell the roses. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't have any roses, find some rose scented oil. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So um, as we're wrapping up here, I I always ask um, if you have any words of encouragement for someone who just might need a few kind words today. Well, we're only promised today. We're not promised tomorrow. And and I think that uh, this day could be pretty special. Uh, I know it's difficult for many people, but look at this. Do your best to look at this as a glass that's half full. Uh, to do our, things that you had never dreamt you, you could have had the time to do before. Um, whether it's something on a regular basis with family, uh, with two of my daughters, I'm playing Yahtzee. Hmm. I don't like Yahtzee. <laughs> um, and, but it's becoming more fun to me because before I always had something to do Yeah, that was far more important than a game of Yahtzee, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> but now it's not. Yeah. And uh, Yahtzee is more important because we can spend family time together. Family time is usually a very, very valuable and we, d- we can't get enough of it. Yeah, that's the truth, especially now. Yes. Thanks very much, Jim. Thanks for talking to me. My pleasure. Thank you. In the last part of this episode, we talked to Tamara. Tamara and I met on the internet about 10 years ago. Honestly, I can't remember how we found each other. At the time, I'd been writing a blog during Peace Corps, and from what I remember, Tamara wrote often on her own blog about spirituality and how she practiced her religious beliefs in her everyday life. We each read each other's writing, got to know each other like pen pals on the internet. And eventually, when we both fell out of the blogging life, we later found each other, somehow, on Instagram. When I said I was doing this podcast, Mara graciously volunteered. And when we finally got on the phone to record on April 14th, even though we'd known each other for 10 years, it was the first time I'd actually heard Tamara's voice. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. This is so great. Thanks for having me. This is so crazy. I know. I can't believe I'm talking to you. Um, I know. And how long has it been since we met, you know, air quotes online? Yeah. Like forever. Like uh, probably probably 10 years ago. 
So did, uh, I can't. When did you start reading my blog? That will put it. In, what, what do you remember of my blog? Because so, I, I know you were reading in Peace Corps, but was that when you started reading it? Um, you were, you were in like, um, I feel like you were in Eastern Europe in the Peace Corps. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that was ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was ten years ago, and uh, I am. Well, I'm, I'm I'm ten years different, and I'm guessing you are too. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting because I remember when you when I met you in the blogosphere, I remember mm-hmm. feeling like you're a kindred person, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we kind of figured out that we had like some similar um, religious maybe backgrounds, and and it kind of felt like, and you never were overt about it, but it kind of felt from your writing like maybe you have moved away from that, but were kind of you had kept some important facets of it mm-hmm. i'm totally reading into this but this is how this I, is cool this is how <laughs> like, i interpreted you and i feel like i was kind of in in the height of my um religious experience at that time um but was like kind of finding kindred spirits in many different ways and i think you were one of them and then fast forward to 10 years later and I'm definitely in a different place um, as far as, as you know, the religion stuff goes. Um, and in fact, I'm not even really writing at all anymore. And then I don't even remember how I stumbled upon you again. I want to say it was like through Instagram or something. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, my God, like here we are kindreds again, because now you and I have both come out. <laughs> which is so cool i, I feel like okay it. you you wrote about it didn't you i did yep um so i feel like i read about it years ago yeah and um, then and then you did stop writing i did i um so i wrote like a whole here come the bride series um mm-hmm. after i like leading up to my wedding and then um shortly after i got married just kind of you know, I had a new job and obviously a new life. And um, so just kind of backburnered the whole writing thing, um, which ironically, um, I'm a publisher. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> but, so you're still in the, in, the, in the writing world. You're just doing something different. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm a publisher for association publications. So magazines and directories and online products. And, um, and so it's, yeah, so I'm not doing my own writing anymore, but, um, obviously I have the eye for it. And, um, and so anyway, yeah, so I'm not, um, I am not blogging anymore, but I was really happy to see that you were doing that you had this new creative outlet. Um, and so anyway, it's just cool to read. And now you're a part of it. (laughs) Ah, that's crazy. Okay, this is really this is I mean, if anyone's listening, like I, I, I can speak for myself. I'm totally geeking out right now because it's so fun to actually talk to you. This is so cool for me. <laughs> um well let me let me first ask, how is your life right now? That you know, with this podcast is like is all conversations with people dealing with COVID nineteen in their own world. So kind of what's your life like right now? Yeah, um, it's good. It is, um, I, you know, I, I have a home, I have, um, I'm still employed, I can do my job from home. Um, my wife is employed, she's a nurse practitioner. 
Um, so obviously she's, uh, an wow. essential personnel. Um, so, but wow. fortunately too, she, she works with, um, children and pediatric, um, behavioral health. So she's not, she's essential, but she's not like frontline in danger. So, um, mm-hmm. we're very fortunate that, you know, we're both able to stay employed throughout this. Um, it, they're, you know, with such a big family. So we have five kids, one of them's away at college, but even with four kids at home, um, and even with, you know, I, I share time with their dad, um, still it's a very full household. So there's not that loneliness that I think, yeah. you know, so many people are experiencing. I feel very fortunate to have, you know, home and livelihood and family, um, all right here. Um, it is, you know, there are some things that are hard. Like it's, it's frustrating. I, I lead a team of about 12 people. It's hard to do that from a distance. Um, it's, it's made me really have to up my communications game. Um, yeah. sometimes I feel like I'm doing okay at that. Sometimes I feel like, you know, I'm totally, um, just, you know, lost behind a computer. So, um, it, and then my mother and father and grandmother, who's 93, um, live in my neighborhood. So it, wow. yeah, it stinks not to be able to, you know, have them over and like do the close family things that we did, but also they live in my neighborhood. So we can, we can ride our bikes up and stand at the end of the driveway and talk to them. And, um, my mom has to, you know, translate for my grandmother cause she can't hear what we're saying from eight feet away, but <laughs> oh. <laughs> she's, so cute. she's so cute. But, and, but that, that's why we're doing it. Right. Like I just, yeah. I just always remind myself like that those people that I miss the most that I can't be around, like they're why we're doing it because yeah. I want my, I want to see my Grammy again. I want to be, you know, sitting at the dinner table with her and playing cards again. So we have to do this for now. So um, there are things obviously that are hard, but, but I feel very lucky. Um, I, I know we, we really have a good yeah, I I don't actually know what part of the country you live in. Oh yeah, <laughs> I am in Florida. Oh, so I've been told I I have a Floridian accent, which I think is a made up thing. Um, you know, I don't actually know what a Floridian really, accent sounds like. So, so many people are not really from Florida. I'm not really from Florida. I'm originally from New Hampshire, um, which is why I say things properly, like aunt and mm-hmm. autumn, mm-hmm. Um, but. <laughs> Um, but I've lived here long enough that there are also y'alls and things like that that come out. So can I, can I ask what part of Florida? Um, Gainesville, sort of like North Florida, University of Florida. Yeah. Go Gators. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Uh Uh-huh. The whole thing. Yeah. Um, well, what a warm place, you know, it's snowing today here in Minneapolis. So that's, that's (laughs) everyone who's quarantining somewhere warm. I'm like, oh, hmm. (laughs) How nice. You're like, right. At the moment you said, uh, you know, we can ride our bikes up. I was like, uh-huh. oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, okay. So here's something that I know I can ask you and I'm very curious and I don't really have a lot of people like this in my life to talk to you about this thing that I'm experiencing right now, which is we're in a crisis and in a crisis, um, there are a lot of religious tools that I am not accessing right now to deal with my feelings about it, mm-hmm. basically. Um, are you experiencing that? Um, well, yes and no. First of all, I have to admit that as soon as you said religious tools, I thought of all the jerks who are saying... 
So I totally interpreted that in a different way than you. Uh huh. Uh huh. I mean, like, strategies. Yes, uh-huh. friend, there are a lot of religious tools. You're right. Uh, <laughs> we have to ignore those guys. <laughs> um. So I, I have not probably. I, I, well, I haven't engaged in really a, a lot of things that are out there, like the virtual services and whatever. I guess I just feel like it's not, um, it just doesn't feel like where I need to be or what I, yeah. it's not what I'm missing. Like I'm missing, I'm not missing a worship service. I'm missing people. So yeah. to me, it's more church to like have a, you know, a Zoom um, happy hour with Mm. my favorite people or um, like we did ride our bikes up um, to my parents and grandmother um, and surprised them with a, we colored um, a big chalk uh, stained glass looking cross um, to surprise them for Easter. And that was church, you know, like doing being together and, um, and doing good for each other. I guess that's more how I'm finding religion these days do you can i ask you consider yourself a christian or any other kind of uh word that you might describe yourself as um i would like to think i'm a christian i i i would like to believe in jesus as i understood him as a child um, and I think that wanting to believe is pretty much as close to actually believing as you can get sometimes. Mm. Um, I think wanting to believe counts as believing, if I may. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you, so, I don't I don't think there are people who believe that don't want to. I wouldn't say that I believe. I would say that I want to believe. Yeah, yeah. And to me, like, that's good enough. And that's just where I am right now. And if that makes me a Christian, great. And if not, okay. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about this experience that I have been wanting to talk to someone about. And I, it's something I've just experienced on Instagram. I have a friend. She lives in Tennessee. Um, she has been posting, like reposting someone else's Instagram posts. So I went to this profile that I didn't know. And it was a woman's profile who had children. And one of her children um, it has heart problems and they're the the son is currently in the hospital as much as i am not religious now i am still religious religion curious i think (laughs) and i'm i've so i'm reading these posts and i'm really touched by the people that are all coming around and they were they this one i was really moved last night by a post in the parking garage of the hospital man. I'm really telling a very long story to say, here are all these people all standing eight feet apart from each other singing together. Mm-hmm. And it was really beautiful mm-hmm. and also heart wrenching to yeah. not have the physical touch that a lot of people crave when they're going through a crisis as deeply and as, as, the potent, possibly losing a son and for certain the son would be craving, you know, right from his own parents who actually didn't get to go into his room for a few days because of the virus. Oh my God. Um, yeah, very intense. And I just thought, man, I haven't missed a lot of things about my religious practice 
but I, there's something in that that I miss and I'm not actually even sure what it is. Yeah. I, you know, well, first of all, that is beautiful and heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you were talking about it and the singing, I, I just imagined it and I could feel that. And it, um, there's something so connective about music and, um, and it's, it's interesting because I, you know, I told you I don't really miss a worship service, but I did miss being at church on Easter only because I really love the music. I, mm-hmm. I really, um, there's a song that we, I grew up um, Episcopalian and a song, a hymn that we always sang, um, Christ the Lord is risen today. And it just has this glorious refrain and it's, um, it's just always been a favorite. And so I really missed that this year. And so I just went outside and I played it, um, on YouTube and felt the sun like warming my face and heard the birds kind of singing along. And, um, and I felt like that was really lovely and it was close to what I wanted, but what was missing, I think from the music was actual people. Like when you were talking Mm -hmm. about people standing there, in the parking garage, like that making music together. I think to me, that's what it is. It's not just that you're hearing music or that you're singing it on your own, but it's like you're creating something beautiful together. And, um, yeah, yeah, I miss that. I'm really craving the act of coming around each other, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think of all these people who must have, gotten you know the bulletin or the text the text asking for prayers and we're going to gather in the parking garage at you know seven o'clock on sunday night and sing um you know i and this is how you know we're going to stay in eight feet away i just think of like all that intention and people kind of determined to show love to someone else with their physical presence and i and i think hmm i i actually miss that part mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's so, there's something so important about being together, togetherness, you know, and yeah. that's why I think, especially now. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing that we miss the most, and and I think the internet's doing a really good job of of helping us to connect, like in this way, right now, what we're doing, and yeah, um, it's really important. But there's just something you can't replace, like just that the physical togetherness. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, it's a uh, it's a a wild thing. Uh, to kind of leave a religious practice. And I I felt like such a big deal to leave, you know, having grown up so tied to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it is times like these where I find, Oh, I, I I really do miss some things about, about it. I just don't miss the really bad things about it. You don't miss the religious tools. Yeah, the religious tools, <laughs> which were used against me, in, right? And both in both senses of the word, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Okay, so um, I, you know, that so that's one thing that I feel like we have connected on over the last ten years is religion, and the other is writing. Mm-hmm. And you're in the publishing world. Um, what stories are important to you right now, and how has it affected? you know, the things that people are, that you're seeing people write or um, that are coming across your desk or in front of your team? Yeah. Well, so for, you know, professionally, I'm doing association um, communication. So there's not like the creative writing um, that's in the other half of my world, uh, the the half I met you in. Um, Mm -hmm. But 
but I will say that one of the things that I'm seeing all the time is um, is the need for connection. So whether it's you know associations communicating to their members, or whether it's um, my sales team connecting with their advertisers and talking to them like real people and not like their next sales mm. pitch, but like real people who are actually affected. Um, I'm just seeing a lot of a lot of communications being about connecting um, and, and caring for each other, um, which is really encouraging. There's just the sense of we're all in this together in some way. Um, on the other hand, for me, like needing a break, needing the emotional break from that, um, I've really been turning to humor writing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because I feel like when I was writing, um, my my two biggest strengths were probably that kind of community, um, connectivity, introspective type writing um, mm-hmm. and and the humor uh, writing. Um and and so for me, like the humor is really what is saving me because I can only take so much. I'm a very emotional person. So, <laughs> you know, I want to connect and take care of my team and make sure everybody's good and, you know, share our feelings and be vulnerable. And then you just get to a point and it's like, oh, my God, I can't do like one more kumbaya. Like I'm going to pass out from just the fatigue, like the emotional fatigue. So yeah. um, so I have really been loving um comedic breaks whether it's you know in the form of of sitcoms or like schitt's creek has been um <laughs> very important yes <laughs> um and then some of my some of my favorite authors david sedaris is has always david sedaris has always been one of my favorite authors mm-hmm. and um so i'm listening to his uh his book calypso on um you know listening to his audio oh, yeah. book which you know he's such a he's such a delightful writer anyway but then when you get to hear him actually read his stories it's so much fun and um just such a needed break so i like i really love seeing all of the types of stories you're talking about with the you know people coming together and doing good and loving each other but then i also really really appreciate that there are people still putting hilarity into the world because that is so needed so so needed i am uh i'm ready i i I don't know if i'm let's let's see maybe i'm ready but i know for sure in the future i will need someone funny to be writing and talking about quarantine and COVID 19 i'm gonna need some funny right out of this soon agreed you know you know what i mean i need some quarantine i'm like is it too soon for quarantine jokes no maybe i don't i don't know i don't know um well it depends on your audience right i suppose so yeah <laughs> uh, but i think you know schitt's creek is probably i was i was talking about this uh to someone else uh, schitt's creek is probably uh, as close as we can get to uh timely comedy you know for for, for certainly for middle class white people yeah who are you know who are all of a sudden <laughs> deprived of so much that we um yeah yeah, many of us find ourselves like disabused of our vanities, and <laughs> yeah, that's that's right, that's it. Yep. <laughs> I'm sitting here in sweatpants as I as I talk to you. I mean, if you didn't know better, you would think I was in my pajamas. Um, <laughs> but I but I actually have completed an entire work day like this. So <laughs> yeah. Well, there's almost there's something about Shit's Creek where where they are so they're holding on so 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 tightly. To their vanities right. in some ways, you know, David's clothes, uh, Rose, uh, Moira's, um, uh, wigs, you know, um, 
they're they're not letting go right as as um and, and think, i'm sure in some ways i'm not either yeah and i think that there is there's something kind of endearing about that right like it's like it's a part of them that they want to hold on to mm-hmm. you know despite the ridiculousness of it they don't care like they, <laughs> yeah. they will wear her outfits and her her wigs into the cafe you know no matter no matter what um but then they, yeah. you know they also they also kind of let go of a lot and and get used to a, a new normal and so yeah which is it. such a parable for our time right i know we're yeah all, we're all we're all just gonna have to let go of a lot of stuff and and settle into a new normal yeah this is very strange um, okay, so at the end of every episode or every interview, I like to ask if you have any words of encouragement for people out there who might just need a little lift from a friendly voice. Um, well, I guess so. I guess two things. Um, remember that your your why is your who. You know, I think of my ninety three year old mother, and I'm missing her, and I want to hug her. She's my Grammy, um, but I can't hug her if I ever want to be able to hug her again. Yeah. And and so I guess just remember when things are hard and they're frustrating and it feels pointless. um, Remember your who. And, um, and then on the other side, um, I would say, take time to laugh, find things that crack you up and, um, and just take you away from the reality of it all. Just find something to, to really just truly enjoy Um, because life's too short not to laugh. I love that. I'm like, as you were saying that, I was like, oh, I need to make a list of my like emergency uh, laughter tools. (laughs) Bridget Jones Diary is up there now. That's in my my first aid kit for for a little laughter. Yeah. Thanks so much for doing this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome to talk to you. I felt the same way. Thank you for listening. And thank you to Tamara, Jim, and Sushmi for coming on the podcast and for connecting with all of us. If you'd like to help the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, or Stitcher and rate and review this podcast. It really, really helps. And if you feel like someone you know might feel comforted by hearing the voices of everyday people as they share how they're getting through these tough days, please share this podcast with them on Facebook and Instagram. Here's a bunch of love to everyone out there. We'll get through this together.